take action, act. You don't even need to, people feel like I need to know exactly from point A to point Z. I need to have all of the certainties in place before I move forward. You know, you don't, that's not a thing. Maybe you don't get to sleep on it. Maybe you don't get a chance to, you, you just have to act and you have to go. The world becomes a worse place when people who are inspired to do really cool things choose to not do something. So my thing is take action and it doesn't have to be perfect. What would be the one thing that you have within your control that you can do now? So for me, um, I would have, knowing what I know now, I would have behaved a lot differently 10 years ago um, when I had the moment chose me. But what I would do now is when a moment does choose me, like, I don't know what to do, but what's the first thing I can do? Well, if I want to share my writing, what I can do is I can at least write, I can open up a Word document and start typing. I don't need to share it with anyone, but it's the first step I can do is taking that first action. Have you ever felt a stirring in your heart that you were called to do something greater than you are doing now? Or respond to a burning desire in your heart? Or maybe make a difference in a particular area or someone's life? Or is there a restlessness that stirs in your soul? Well, I'd like to welcome you to When the Moment Chooses You podcast. I am your host, Charlene Johnson, also known as Coach Charlene. This podcast will engage in compassionate, courageous conversations because I believe in your personal development, creating and inspiring destiny moments because every heartbeat truly matters. You will hear stories of change agents and trailblazers that dare to dream and not accept the status quo. Through hearing these stories, I truly believe that it will reignite the flame of passion and move you from just talking and thinking about it to actually being about it. We are all on our journeys of self-discovery. So be empowered as we inspire you to tap into the highest expression of yourself. Let's join the podcast. Yes. Hello. Hello, everyone. And welcome to When the Moment Chooses You. And I have the distinct honor to have for my first kickoff with this podcast, the one and only Shola Richards. Wow. So this is the audience clap. Yay. <laughs> and so um, Shola, I am so excited to have you here. And That's a huge honor, Charlene. I, it's to, to be um, one of the first, if not the first, um, on your podcast is, uh, means a lot. I don't take that lightly. So thank you for the honor and the opportunity. Okay. So I have a question for you, Shola. Can okay. I read all your awesomeness? Oh, I mean, <laughs> it's funny. I mean, first of all, that's very kind. Um, I always, I, I just admittedly don't know what to do with my face when my bio is being read. So I'll, I'll do my best to try to look proud. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I'm, I'm grateful for your willingness to read it. It's totally okay. But I have to read this greatness because uh, he has impacted my life and several people forever. And so I have to read um, all about him. So Shola Richards is the CEO and founder of Go Together Global, the best-selling author of Making Work Work and Go Together. And he is a, in, in a, in a civility writer with a passionate worldwide following. His articles and ex, are ex, and extremely popular Go Together Movement email series has been read by over 160 countries. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and his work has been featured on the Today Show, 
CBS's Morning, Forbes, Black Enterprise, Complete Wellbeing, India, Business Insider Australia, and, and numerous other outlets all over the world who recognize him as an authority on workplace happiness and engagement. As a speaker, Shola has shared his transformative message with top universities, leading healthcare organizations, Silicon Valley, the motion picture industry on the TEDx stage. And in his greatest honor to date in September 2021, he was invited to testify in front of the House of Representatives on Capitol Hill to share his expert recommendations on how to bring more civility to Congress. Last, but certainly not least, Shola is a proud father, husband, identical twin, and a self-professed kindness extremist who will not rest, I know, until <laughs> bullying and incivility is extinct from the American workplace. Wow, what a wonderful bio. I think oh you did gosh. pretty good. You were smiling. I was, you know, because that was more you than the words. Just hearing your voice is what I needed to calm me down and keep me grounded. I'm I'm so grateful um, for you reading it, first of all, Charlene. And and it's it's odd thinking that this this journey has been a, such a winding road and to continue to move forward is such a huge honor. I don't take any day for granted and any time where I get to sit and talk to a luminary such as yourself and to share um, anything that may be useful to your soon to be huge audience is a huge honor. And I don't take that lightly. Oh, thank you so much, Shola. So Shola, uh, this podcast in particular came out of a dream. And the dream was in 2020 when every the whole world changed within that instant. Um, in May, I began, I was so challenge, which I know many of my brothers and sisters were. But instead of me being in anguish, I got this dream and these words kind of came to me and said, what you do in this moment will determine your destiny and dictate your future. And so I knew I was going to have to rise up and share my story. And so I believe that there's moments in our lives that call us into it. They actually choose us. And so that's kind of what I wanted to unpack right now. I wanted to know in your life, because I've heard some of um, your testimonials and I read some of your books and I just really would love to hear about those moments that you had that chose you, that caught you into them. Wow. Um, I would be honored to. And I I don't want to throw this back on you, Charlene, but I am curious, you know, because um, I just when you mentioned the podcast idea in 2020, because I was right there with you with just struggling during the pandemic. Was that a moment? Did it just happen in a moment where like, I, I need to share this. I need to put this in podcast form. Or was it a slow burn to get you to the point? I'm sorry to switch seats on you real quick. Okay. But I, I, just, okay. I was really curious when you were sharing that. I, I wanted to just get the get that closure. Was it a quick moment that it happened? You're like, I need to do this. Or was it a kind of a slow burn for you? No, it was a slow burn. It was a, it, it, it was something that went off on the inside of me in that moment. But it had been happening all along. But now I'm, I just basically gave voice to it, mm. I think. Yeah. So for me, it was kind of a slow instead. I mean, what happened is I couldn't say I couldn't be quiet anymore. That was the change. I, it was I was always feeling what I needed to do. But this time it was like I have to speak up. It's, well, 
It's so funny. And thank you for indulging me in that because I was really curious. And it's it's almost eerie in a sense how similar our stories are in terms of how the moment chose me. And I, I love that because I think there's a lot of times in people's lives where moments are trying to choose you and wake you up to hearing something that we either tend to either ignore, put off, or worse, tell the universe like, nah, fam, you're wrong. You got the wrong person. It's like, no, <laughs> it's, it's coming to you for yes. a reason. So um, for me, I, I grew up my whole life being what's considered a highly sensitive person. I feel things really deeply. Um, uh, I'm an empath. These are things that, you know, depending on the day and the situation, certainly in recent um, history has been really hard for me with the really tough cycle of news that's been going on in the past few weeks. And I feel things really deeply. And so because of that, I spent a lot of time reflecting on things that maybe some other people don't spend as much time on things like, why are people so mean to each other? Like why, 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 why would someone hesitate to put a mask on in an airplane if that could benefit someone else? And why were you, why would you scream and curse at the flight attendant for just, they're just trying to do their job, just trying to keep us safe. Like these are thoughts that I spend a whole lot of time. They keep me up at night. And, um, mm. and they're also the things that wake me up in the morning. So fast forward or rewind, I should say back to like 15 plus years ago, I was in a really toxic work environment and a lot of those questions came up. It's like, why are people at like this? Why are people think it's okay to abuse their employees and, and demean them and treat them horribly? And I didn't get any answers to my questions. So I ended up falling to a very deep depression based on how I was being treated at work. And to make a long story very, very short, um, I attempted to take my own life um, mm -hmm. as a result of just the complete despondency and pain and lack of answers and lack of hope. Let's go with that. And then the moment happened for me where the moment chose me because I, I don't know if I chose the moment because I just didn't have enough self-belief to, to, to believe I could choose it. Right. Uh, the moment came when it was like one of my buddy, I, I was lamenting to one of my friends shortly after, not like like a week or two after, I should say, my, my suicide attempt. And, and just, just so people aren't wildly imagining what I did to myself. Basically, what I tried to do was I, was, I live in Los Angeles. And while driving down the 405 freeway, I attempted to drive my car off the overpass in an attempt to make it look like an accident. And thankfully, the guardrail held. They came back in incoming traffic. And that's why I'm still here with you today. Um, but one of my buddies was like, I was like, oh, man, this is like, why are people so awful to each other in the workplace? How come no one is doing anything about this? How come no one's doing anything about this? And my friend was like, look, well, you're somebody. Why don't you do something about it? I was like, oh, OK, now we're talking crazy. Like, why would I do something about it? Who am I? Like, I don't have any education in this. Like, it's not my thing. Like, what are you talking about? I should do something about this. I'm just happy to complain about it. I mean, someone else needs to do something about it. And that moment, um, I went back and I reflected on my friend's words. And I was like, you know, maybe I will do something. Um, maybe this moment chose me for a reason. I'm just going to take a baby step toward it and see what happens. I'm going to I'm going to write a blog post about how I think the workplace should be. That's not a huge step, but it, for me it was. And I and I. Now, at the time, I worked full time at uh, a high profile healthcare organization, UCLA Health, and I was in a leadership position and I was afraid of saying anything that would make that would reflect poorly, not just on me, but the organization. So right. there were things that I was writing about that were actually happening 
at work. So I was like, I don't know if I want to wade into those waters. So, but I, but I, I leaned into the faith that the moment chose me for a reason. So I wrote my piece and I wasn't writing about UCLA health. I was just writing about workplace in general. Like why, why do we think it's okay to accept, um, uh, bullying, harassment, racism, discrimination, sexism, homophobia, go on and on. These things should not be happening in the workplace or anywhere, quite frankly. Right. So I wrote. And the when I found, and I'm sure you found the same thing, Charlene, when you decided that you're going to move forward with this podcast in 2020, when this idea really came to you, is that the universe rewards courage. I, I really believe that. It just like, it's like, man, I was just waiting for you to take that one step. And when the moment does choose you, it's important to acknowledge it because, and I believe this wholeheartedly as well, if you choose to ignore the calling, then, you know, I, I feel like fate and destiny, they're just, they're, they're impatient. They're not willing to wait forever for you. So it's like, you know what? Uh, he's not a real one. On to the next. I'll take this. <laughs> I'll take this to someone who's willing to put this into action. Right. And. I've seen that happen with many people where the moment was calling them, choosing them specifically, and they listen to their own self-doubt, their own fears, their own lack of belief in themselves instead of the calling of, of that greatness that's calling to them. Wow. And unfortunately, I, everyone who's ignored it has regretted it. There's never one more person, oh, I'm so glad I didn't follow that call. Like, no, it's like, why didn't I? Why didn't exactly. I? Maybe I could have done something with it. And then they'll have to spend the rest of their lifetime wrestling with what ifs. And that's a really sad place to be. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. What a powerful story. You know, I have a, another question on the heels of that. When, so was that only in that organization or had you had experience upcoming, you know what I mean, in the past that were oh, similar to yeah. what you were experiencing? Yeah. And I should be clear because I, I definitely don't want to get twisted with when I said it earlier, my suicide attempt and this issue that had nothing to do with UCLA health. That was just where I was when I decided that I was going to be turning my my pain into writing. That was a previous job um, mm. that I was that where that situation happened. Um, but it, I can go back as far as my very first one of my very first jobs at Burger King, where I was. I mean, I was, I had a guy come into the restaurant. He wanted a Whopper with, um, gosh, what was that? I should remember this by now. Cause was, he wanted extra pickles, extra pickles and no mayonnaise. I remember that. And so back in the day, there was like a button for pickles and whatever. And I, I, I did it opposite. I did extra mayonnaise and no pickles or some, and I gave him his Whopper and he was incensed. You would have thought that like I, I set his house on fire or I like <laughs> oh gambled gosh. away his 401k on the NBA finals or something. Right. And he just was like, he came in red faced. He grabbed the Whopper and he slammed it right into my chest. Like, what are you doing? You idiot. They started cursing me out. Wow. And I'm like, I don't know, 16, 17. I wasn't, I mean, I was a kid, grown man. And I remember my boss was like, oh my gosh, like that was awful. I can't believe you did that to me. Like, and my boss was like, well, customer's always right. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's something that you need to, you should think about what you did that made him so angry. And that was the first time I realized like, that doesn't seem right. Like exactly. that doesn't, doesn't seem right for someone to curse at me and call me all sorts of names and, and assault me with a, a, a hamburger because I made a mistake. Like that seems strange. And for my, my boss, not to support me. Hey, man, sorry he got your order wrong. Um, 
that will fix it. However, there's no place for this type of behavior. And if you do want your Whopper the way that you're asking for it, you need to check yourself, get yourself in the right frame of mind, apologize to him, and then we'll consider doing it. If not, you can go find yourself a different Burger King to eat at. Like, it seems like those things, when that happened to me, and then subsequently many more examples throughout my work career, it's like, this seems like, it, it just didn't seem right. It's like, I, there's something not okay with this. Like there's something about accepting abuse, accepting um, deep levels of personal insults or whatever it could be in the workplace. It seems like these things don't seem like they have a place here. And, and I, and I want to do something to correct that. And seemingly, at least from my vantage point, no one was. No one was like, hey, you know, like I would get a whole lot of, well, that's how, uh, that's why they call it work and not play because it's right. hard. It's like, <laughs> well, that's great. I'm not saying work doesn't have to be hard, but like abusive, that seems a little much, right? So like right. those are the things that kept me going and kept me fighting because it wasn't just um, things that I would see um, when I started writing my blog. I was, I was drawing on literal decades of personal experience in the workplace, either um, from a first person perspective or from a colleague or a friend who's dealt with something similar or worse than I did. Wow. Hey, so when you did your blog post, what happened? Uh, real talk, not a whole lot. But here's what actually, you know what? The, I'm going to, that's such a great question. So I'm going to, I'm going to take it. I'm going to answer it in two different ways. So, so when I did write it, my initial response was what happened? Not a whole lot. And what I meant by not a whole lot is like, it wasn't like I started sharing my thoughts and then like all of a sudden, like, oh my gosh, I have, it's getting shared hundreds of thousands of times on social media. Like that, that none, none of that happened. Right. But what did happen, which I should not minimize is that I, I, I moved out of the state of inertia and started actually moving forward. And mm. that changed me. So I was like, wow, that power of momentum. I was able to harness it. So I wrote something and nothing, the universe didn't like stand up and applaud me for, for my, my take on the workplace. But what it did is it made me feel like, okay, I shared my thoughts. Um, my, my, my children are still alive. There's no, like, I don't, didn't lose my job. I didn't get called into the CEO's office. I, not, I, I just shared my point. And it's wild what fear will do to us. It will make you think like, you can't share this. You can't do this because this will happen. This will happen. All these bizarre boogeymen that don't even exist <laughs> right. around every single corner <laughs> trying to destroy your life and your career. So by writing that, what it did is it gave me a place of like, I feel good about this. This is, this is great. And so I'm going to do it again. And then I'm going to do it again. And each time it, it built up a little, it was like a deposit into this previously barren, empty savings account where I'm starting to build up like some reserves. Like, wow, I did this once and I can do it again. And as you do something that's hard and scary, the more you do it, the easier it becomes the next time you do it. So to answer your question, initially the world did not jump up and respond, but it did change me to a place where I felt like, okay, I belong here. I can write this stuff. And, you know, for the few people who are reading it, I'm going to give them value and hopefully enough to be able to get them to change their ideas about how we should be treating each other in the workplace. That's awesome. So when did you actually get your first like big event or speaking engagement, like with an organization? Oh, uh, you know, I would say... I started writing, I started writing my blog posts 
in like 2013. Um, now that was like eight to nine years after my suicide attempt. I started writing my blog. So it, was, it took me a long time. Like I, I think a lot of these, these stories sometimes are like, romanticized and I like I love to keep it real like it wasn't yes, like oh man good. I changed my mind I just I took in you know what it could have been a lot faster if I didn't wrestle with self-doubt for practically a decade afterward but like you know someone said to me the other day like man like you're like an overnight success I'm like dude well that was the longest night of my life then because that was not <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about overnight success um but um so in 2013 I started writing and then Two years after that, I was offered a book deal in 2015. I wrote my first book, Making Work Work, that was released in 2016. And shortly after my first book came out, people are like, hey, like, really enjoy your book. Would you be interested in possibly speaking and sharing? I was like, okay, sure. I, and then the question, like, so what's your fee? What's my fee? Like, people get paid for this? Like, I have no idea. <laughs> that sounds really strange. Like, and I'll never forget I threw out the largest number I could throw out because um, it took, took me off guard. I was like, um, yeah, I, I'll I'll speak for fifteen hundred dollars. That's a, and there was like this pause on the other end of the phone. I was like, oh, my God, I screwed it up. I screwed it up. Why did I do it? I should have said like two hundred dollars. <laughs> I was like and 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 then she broke this awkward silence by saying something that really kind of changed my life. She's like, well, um, Shola. That's a very modest fee. Mm. I was like, it is like that's a lot of fifteen hundred dollars. A lot of money. I don't know what you're talking about, but like, but I mean, kept that thought to myself. It's like, well, you know, what if you're really wanting to speak for a living? You have a book that's done very well. Um, at minimum, you should be charging five thousand dollars. Five thousand dollars to speak wow. for what? What? And she's like, yeah. So we're gonna do this again. I'm gonna ask you how much your fee is, and then you're gonna respond by saying five thousand dollars. Okay. Let's. It was so wow sweet of her to do that. She could have easily fleeced me and like, shut. Sounds good. I would have walked away thrilled. Fifteen hundred dollars. Exactly. Go. Man, we're going to Sizzler tonight. But instead, <laughs> it was like she coached me and helped me in a way yes. that I am grateful for. So after that, I started thinking like maybe. Maybe I should consider doing this full time. Maybe I should really think about making some decisions because when people are reaching out to me to speak and I often get questions like, hey, you know, should I, should, I want to speak. Like, what should I do? I was like, oh my gosh, like, I cannot say this enough. Like, if you are interested in speaking, please do so. Um, what I did before that first offer came is I did a lot of speaking for free. I spoke a ton for free. I spoke anywhere where people, and I was really bad at it initially. It wasn't very good, just like most people when they're trying things, right? So okay. you go and you practice and you refine and you course correct and you improve and then you try again. So that was something that I needed to do to practice. And it got me to a place where when the moment did finally choose me, I felt more ready than I would have been if I didn't do all those those free events. So yeah, wow. the same thing applies for anyone who's listening to this. I mean, I am no one special and I'll be the first to tell you I have no talent. And I'll go as far to say that when you think about like really successful luminaries in the world, like Martin Luther King Jr. or Mahatma Gandhi or Nelson Mandela or anyone, Mother Teresa, if they were alive, they'd be the first to tell you like, dude, we ain't, we ain't special. 
we just, right. we're just, we're just, we're just about this work and we're trying to do this and we are leaning in. So when the moment chose us, we went forward. You, Shola, you, Charlene, can do the same thing. It's like, that's what I, that's what I think of when I think of the luminaries in the past. Um, they weren't superheroes. They were just like me and you. They just decided to heed the call when it came. Absolutely. So what has been your greatest, uh, you feel your greatest accomplishment? Uh, besides, besides the things that are deeply meaningful to me, like being a dad, um, to my two girls, I'll, I mean, and just that's, that's to me is my, will always be number one. But if we're going to keep it kind of to the, like the businessy stuff, um, it's hard to say. I, I, I think the way, cause there's been some really good things and sometimes is, is the biggest accomplishment. And this is where I'm wrestling with like the thing that like put me on the map or is it the thing where I had to really dig into a dark, challenging place to overcome it? There's a lot of ways to look at it. I find to me, the biggest accomplishment is not the stuff that's so like glossy and shiny and sparkly. It's the dark underbelly stuff, like yes. crawling out of the depression when I attempted suicide is a huge accomplishment. Yes. Um, and that wasn't very sexy or fun or enjoyable. And there was no one there to root me on. I just did that in darkness. I think um, writing my book was also something that was an accomplishment. Writing a book is, I mean, I'm only going to speak for myself, is not a joyful experience. <laughs> it's very hard. And that's really, that's why very few people write books because it's a pain in the butt. You've got to research and dig deep and find time and sit down when there is zero inspiration to be had and continue to just push forward. And all these things can be really hard um, to deal with. And so the fact that I, cause I'll tell you why I feel like it's a great accomplishment, at least for me, I'm a guy who's a big, I'm a great starter. Awesome at starting stuff, not great at finishing them. So I would have a lot of great ideas, half finished projects. And to see me take something so hard from start to finish and then do it again with my second book, I think is something that I'm the most proud of. Uh, and, and I'm really, really grateful that that was uh, something that I can say that I did. Yes. And we're grateful, too, because now we get to experience it and oh, all of those that come after us. Right. Yeah. Hey. Right. Fingers crossed. Yeah. So um, I have a question because, I mean, you know, I'm sure you know about all of the people that are leaving healthcare. Oh, yeah. And mm -hmm. all of the trauma that we faced over the last two years. So from your perspective, what would you give someone that's ready to actually give up? I mean, just even give up their profession, give up on life, because people will watch this also that are just discouraged because of everything that's going on in the world. But you seem to have found this this um, attitude of kindness that keeps you moving forward. So would love to hear what you have to say about that. Yeah, you know, it's such an intensely personal decision to decide that you're going to move on. I, one of the things I would never want to do is be that person who is like, no matter what, you just got to hang in there and just make it work because the world needs you. And we need healthcare professionals who are engaged and are focused on doing their work. The world knows that. Anyone hearing my voice knows that. However, I also want to honor the personal choices that people have to make. So there could be something that's been calling you to be like, I feel like now that I've given my time working as hard as I can and giving as much as I gave to the healthcare industry profession, I'm now going to explore a different path because this is what's calling me. And to guilt yourself into, but my colleagues need me, my patients need me, may not make a whole lot of sense. Now, there could be someone else listening who is on the fence about what to do 
but they have a lot of passion still for what they're doing within the healthcare profession. And they just need to be reconnected back to why they chose this work in the first place. That's an entirely different conversation. If nothing's pulling them away, but they've just become disconnected to what got them there in the first place, then I would really challenge them to find ways to reconnect to that person when they joined healthcare in the first place. What was it that made you excited? What made you want to become a clinician or staff member or administrator within healthcare? What was it that excited you about that? Tap back into that so that you can find that purpose as the person who's the patient who feels unheard or the person whose bill has been kicked around billing for God knows how many weeks. And you're going to go in there and finally resolve this issue for them and and take away the additional suffering they're dealing with as they're dealing with their sick loved one. They're not dealing with this constant bill information or bill stress, whatever it is, reconnect to that so you can continue to do great work. But those are two different things, right? There's the person who's like, ah, I don't know if I want to do this. I love my patients, but I'm feeling disconnected. I'm going to challenge them to find what reconnects them to that work. If you're at a place where like, I've given everything I can to the healthcare industry, I'm proud of what I've done. And now there's a new mountain that's calling me to climb. And I would definitely challenge them to explore that, to look into that. I, I, my my motto, Charlene, I'm, sorry, I'm, just, I'm a simple country kid. So, you know, uh, my way of look at, looking at life is if it's not hurting, if what you're doing is not hurting you and it's not hurting someone else and it brings you joy, do more of it. I think the world needs it. I think there's a lot of people who are at a place of like, ah, oh, I don't know if I should do this. And I don't know. And then they look back 10, like literally t- use me as a cautionary tale. I had a really dark moment where I attempted suicide and I waited, I knew I wanted to write a blog. I waited eight, nine years before I before I did any, I had the idea for almost 10 years to write. I could have been, this trajectory could have been fast forwarded a decade, um, but I waited and I waited because I waited, I don't know what I waited for, like, uh, a group of dug doves to fly across my house in the sign of a cross to be like, it's now your time, Shola, go to work. Like, what am I waiting for? Like, that didn't happen. It's like, just move, just go. And that was something I wish I realized early on because I wasted a ton of time, literally a decade. Well, that's great because, you know, I was even thinking about this podcast because it was birthed in 2020, mm-hmm. but it's 2022. So it took me a couple of years to actually do it. Well, to your credit, though, you did it. What's the old saying? It says, like, you know, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time to plant a tree is today. Absolutely. So, I mean, at least you're doing it. And I think that's something that you should be very, very proud of. Because a lot of people talk about this and didn't do it. And here you are. Yes. And I am excited that I did it. Now, uh, this is going to be our last question. And I'm just curious. I would love to hear... Uh, t- uh, it would be Shola's top three things. <laughs> Shola's top three picks of when a moment does choose you or your awareness becomes awakened, then what would be three recommendations for the listener that they can do if they feel something stirring in them? Like give them some advice. Whew, great question. Um, the first thing that came to mind, I'm, I hope I can come up with two others, but the first thing that came to mind without question is not to ignore it. Like, I think there's a whole lot of when the moment comes to you and, you know, the hero's journey, almost every hero's journey, whether it's from, I'm a huge superhero movie fan. So I watch every Marvel movie and like 
almost every one of those heroes, I just think of Peter Parker, Spider-Man specifically, there's a reluctance. It's like, you've got the wrong person. I'm not the hero that you think I am. And they ignore it and they, they, they run from it. I think that's the first thing that anyone has to do is to acknowledge that this came to you for a reason. Um, that's the first thing is to, to, to believe that you're, it wasn't a mistake that this moment shows you. I think the second thing, which is tricky, but not as tricky as we make it out to be, is to take action act. You don't even need to, people feel like I need to know exactly from point A to point Z. I need to have all of the certainties in place before I move forward. You know, you don't, that's not a thing. Maybe you don't get to sleep on it. Maybe you don't get a chance that you, you just have to act and you have to go. The world becomes a worse place when people who are inspired to do really cool things choose to not do something. So my thing is take action and it doesn't have to be perfect. What would be the one thing that you have within your control that you can do now? So for me, um, I would have, knowing what I know now, I would have behaved a lot differently 10 years ago um, right. when I had the moment chose me. But what I would do now is when a moment does choose me, like, I don't know what to do, but what's the first thing I can do? Well, if I want to share my writing, what I can do is I can at least write. I can open up a Word document and start typing. I don't need to share it with anyone, but it's the first step I can do is taking that first action. And the third thing that I would do, so the first thing is don't ignore it. The second thing is to take action. The third thing I would do is to be really thoughtful about who you share this moment with. And I want to be clear mm, about this. That's good. There's certain people who, for whatever reason, need you to stay small because you taking that risk, you doing something big is for whatever reason to them, a reflection of their own shortcomings and why they haven't done something. So they may not do this intentionally, but what they do is to tell you, ah, oh, Charlene, yeah, you know, any podcasts fail. Too many people who you just, just be happy with what you're doing. You, at least you have a job and all these type of things that will slow you down. Right. So you have to be really thoughtful around who gets to be in your inner circle. Just like every club has a VIP section, right? They're not letting any fool walk through the VIP. It's like, no, nah, no, nah, fam, you're not. Are you on the list? <laughs> because I need to make sure that you are the right person that I can share this with. And it's not looking for blind encouragement. That's not what I'm saying. But it's also someone who's like, hey, I want to give you some feedback about maybe what's around the corner that you're not aware of. But most importantly, I believe in you and your ability to do this because it's amazing how many dreams put in the wrong hands get killed prematurely. Absolutely. And when the moment chooses you, it's easy for someone to be like, no, that was a mistake. It wasn't supposed to be you. It was supposed to be someone else. Um, and then the amount of people who tragically believe that, which is really sad. So, yeah, the third thing is make sure you have the right people who you share that moment with. Oh, that's so huge, Shola. It is so huge because really I have had just what you said. Oh, you know what? Podcasting is not for everybody mm -hmm. and it's not for your message. So thank you so much for that. So can um, I challenge them on that, Charlene? God, please I hope one do. of them are listening because, you know, it's are. like, who are podcasts for? Like, who's the person who... Well, that he's the person for a podcast. Every single person who has a huge following started right. off with zero. They didn't exactly. start out, they didn't roll in there with 5,000 pre made followers when they launched a podcast, unless you're a huge celebrity saying, Hey guys, I already have a following. I want to start a podcast. But everyone else, the rest of us who built up something from nothing, from scratch, they had to do this the hard way. So for anyone to be like, Oh, Charlene, it's hard. 
The one thing that is worth remembering is that all advice is autobiographical, meaning everyone is only telling you the story from their vantage point. When they say that you can't do this, what they're really saying is that I couldn't do it. Um, So, but they can't say what you're capable of. And it's always absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree with you because you don't die when your heart stops beating. You die when your heartbeats have no meaning. And this, you remember that? that? And I I have, and that's my desire for this podcast, honestly, is that people would move from inaction to action, that they would be inspired, um, and that we'll have these courageous, compassionate conversations that inspire or create moments because every heartbeat does matter. It really does matter. And I so appreciate these heartbeats that we shared. Shola, you are an amazing example. And quite honestly, this guy right here, he like totally pushed me. And then I said, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. But you know what was the most challenging thing for me? What's that? To ask. Yeah. To ask. Why do you, why do you think that is? Because like, I think a lot of people feel that way. And I'm not, and I'm certainly not excluded from that. Asking for help. Why do you feel that's challenging? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's all it's just these um, self-limiting beliefs yeah. that sometimes we hold on to. Like, for instance, like someone of your stature. I know you say, oh, I'm just a regular show. Up, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I know you are. But you're you're awesome. You're awesome. Because I was like, oh, my God, when the opportunity presented itself immediately, I knew that I was supposed to ask. But my brain was talking to me. Mm-hmm. And my brain was saying, there's no way he is going to be on this podcast. Are you crazy? You have no followers. <laughs> you are. I mean, all these thoughts and voices start coming in and you have to fight through that and then finally make the ask. And then it feels like such a relief when you did what you know you were supposed to do. Isn't that how it works, though? I mean, I think. You know, as the old saying goes, like you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. Right. So it's like if you I mean, you know me well enough, Charlene, that if you were to ask me what you did and um, oh, well, no, come on. It's an opportunity (laughs) to have to, to talk with someone who I deeply respect and have an opportunity to sit and chat. And you're doing something amazing with this work and it aligns and you'll be surprised how many people will see your energy, see how well your message aligns with what they're doing. And will it will almost be like, um, for lack of a better way of putting it, almost effortless where like people are just going to start popping up and like the world starts attracting those. Hey, you'll have a conversation with some random person at church or at the grocery store or at work. And you'll end up finding like, wow, like you do that. Would you, you know, I have a podcast and because you have a great idea when the moment chooses you, it's like, that's, that's huge. And I would think that it's, it, it also creates a lot of self-reflection of like, I wonder when I made this decision. And a lot of people like to talk about that stuff. So for lack, lack of a better way of putting it, um, success is just all but guaranteed. Hey, that's so awesome. So thank you, Shola. Let's thank Shola for being here. And oh. it was a wonderful discussion. And I'm sure that I will see you again. You will. You yes. will. So if you want to keep in contact with Shola, check his website out at Shola at SholaRichards.com. He's also on all of the other social media platforms. So put his name in and you will find him. He has two wonderful books that are called Making Work Work and 
go together, which are phenomenal for organizations. And so also, if you want to make sure that you don't miss this juicy, compassionate, courageous conversations that we're having, make sure that you subscribe to my YouTube channel and also follow me on social media on any of the platforms. I'm definitely going to be on Facebook, Instagram, and I'll think about the other areas, but make sure you follow. And also, if you want to engage, I would love to hear your feedback or your comments on some takeaways that you got from the program. So thank you so much for joining. And what will you do when the moment chooses you? Thank you for joining the podcast. When the Moment Chooses You is a bi-weekly podcast where I not only discuss my own passion and quest for responding to those destiny moments, but I will also be sharing inspiring stories, tips, and tools as we navigate this journey of life together. As you can see, I will also be interviewing amazing guests and risk takers with stories that seize the moment and transform their lives and those around them. My hope is to share my passion and to build a community around creating destiny moments because every heartbeat matters. Find me on social media and I'd love for you to subscribe to my YouTube channel, like and share as much as you want to. Thank you so much. And what will you do when the moment chooses you?